Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pioneer Podcast. I'm Tannen Grace, as always, and joined by Ross Merriam. Ross, you're looking good today. How are you feeling? Oh, thank you, Tannen. I'm feeling pretty good as well. Just having one of those days where I get stuff done. It's going to be a long day, but a productive one, so looking forward to it. I'm in the groove. You know, when you, when you finally get the activation energy up to start doing the things that you know you should have been doing and you've been procrastinating for a while, and you start getting them done, and you get a little bit of that, that good brain juice going. I was just about to say the endorphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that starts giving you a little bit more energy. Uh, oh, yeah. That's about the phase I'm in because I'm like halfway through this long day, and uh, and I've got some of that good energy going. I think a lot of it with me is in the summer when it just starts getting hot, like the the heat zaps my energy. Like I, oh, yeah. I just don't ever want to move. And I just look at the things around me that I should be doing. And I'm like, what if I instead lied very still as close as I possibly can to an air conditioner? <laughs> what if I just didn't do this? Yeah. What if instead yeah. I did anything else? You know, it's really funny that you say all this. I'm I'm like actively agreeing with everything you're saying. And like, I had the same kind of day, right? You know, I did sleep in this morning because I didn't have anything super early. But since I woke up, I've been like 100 miles an hour doing a whole bunch of stuff of work. Um, you know, it's 4.15-ish my time, so 5.15-ish yours. Um, I'm just getting done with my day pretty much. Uh, I did some exercising. I went and, you know, ran and walked around my neighborhood a little bit. And it's fucking hot. Good Lord, is it hot today. It's been raining almost every day, so it's like muggy and stuff. I was like sweating as soon as I left the, the house. It's like... 93 degrees outside plus it that's what it says it feels like 100 you know got some suns that's nice i just ate some like really heavy foods uh i ate the leftovers of what i got last night i kind of like mentioned what my my dinner was i got brisket fries with a bunch of sides from the local barbecue place because seeing everybody's photos from fourth of july i was just like man i want i want some barbecue you know and I saw y'all's little cookout thing y'all had. I saw some some photos. There were some some good looking food there. I heard that you made a really good salad for the uh, Man, for the place. Avocado pasta salad. Yeah, sign me up for that next time. By the way, I'm it was I'm all I'm all quite in. good and very very easy. Like, yeah, that's something my favorite thing about those things, right? It's just like five ingredients, put them together. Great. Yeah, I think the the most labor intensive part of the entire thing was slicing grape tomatoes in half. Yeah, I like grape and cherry tomatoes. I'm not a big fan of normal tomatoes by themselves. They're a little too... It's too much. You know what I mean? Like, the smaller, sweeter ones, I don't know. I kind of like them. Uh, yeah, they have less of that uh, sort of sliminess because they don't have as much yeah. of the internal flesh. Um, yeah. So, which is always my issue with tomatoes. I've grown to like tomatoes over the last couple of years. I used to just dislike them, the raw tomatoes. Um, but I've sort of gotten over that. But I agree with you. Like, I definitely prefer the grape and cherry tomatoes, but... They also just work really well in pasta salad. Uh, so super easy, you know, blended some uh, avocados and uh, was, the recipe said spinach, but they had, had uh, rainbow chard at the, at the grocery God, store. I love so chard, I by the way. That, uh, as the green and, uh, you know, a little parsley, you know, a little garlic, a little lemon juice. Salt stems pepper. or no stems with the chard? Um, I did not use the stems, though yeah. you probably could because it was being you, blended. You need to kind of well, if you're blending it, that's fine. I was gonna say otherwise, you need to kind of like cook it a little bit more. Too. Yeah, that that was that was the dressing, and then you just toss that with pound of pasta that I boiled off and some corn and cherry tomatoes and a third avocado that I diced and a little more salt and pepper to finish, and you're good to go. That sounds really really. Yeah, it, it took. Couldn't have taken more than 30 minutes 
to put together. Max, yeah. Yeah. You get a ton of servings like, out of it. That's waiting for, you know, a large pot of pasta to boil. But, you yeah. Know, that, that was, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of it. <laughs> so... You know, uh, b- before we get into the actual stuff, I, I got to say this. I'm actually pretty excited about today's show. Give a little a little tease of what we're going to be talking about today before we get into it too much. We're kind of going to be going over what's going to be happening next Monday. Uh, we're going to be getting an announcement on four different formats. Uh, and when they say this, this generally means there's going to be a ban. So I'm assuming that we're going to get a ban in every format and possibly an unban. I don't know. We're going to talk about it on the show and our, our thoughts. Also, make sure you stay around for the close of the show. I know it's generally the same every week. This one's going to be a little different. This is kind of why I'm bringing this up now. Um, if I can remember, make sure I remember. I know it's in the show notes, Ross. I'm, I'm going to be bad about this because I always do the show close. Muscle memory might take over. But uh, we're going to tease a little something that we're going to be announcing on next week's episode that I'm very excited about. So, You're teaseceptioning them. You're I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, if anybody knows exactly what I'm talking about with the two things, I'm kind of doing like what I talked about with the first one where I'm announcing an announcement of an announcement. So like I'm doing the Watsy thing. So you're t- telling me this is clever satire. I don't know if I don't know if it's clever. Let's <laughs> or if it's satire. that might be that might be <laughs> giving me way too much credit. That I'm like doing. let's not let's 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 lower expectations a little bit and put them where they need to be. In the fact that I don't put a lot of effort into anything. In fact, I here's the thing: if you want to know what the the amount of effort that I put into it, I think the, the best word to put in there is just effort. Just singular one, one effort. One unit of effort. It's one unit of effort, like just the minimum allowed. Think of that what you will. Yeah, the needle moved. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about how much, but the needle moved, kind of thing. But uh, have you been up to anything the last few days? Anything interesting? Oh, I don't know. Just playing magic and doing my thing. I have a lot of meetings this week. I had one last night. I've got another one tonight. I've got another one tomorrow, and uh, I've got some things that I'm behind on organizing. So a lot of actually. A lot of non-magic things that I've been busy with uh, or should have been busier over the last couple of weeks and I'm now going to be busy with over this week. Um, but it was one of those weird months. Normally I have meetings on the first Tuesdays and the second Wednesday, but this is one of those months where we start on a Wednesday. So the first Tuesday is the day before the second Wednesday. Uh, so they just happen on back-to-back days. Okay. Uh, and that always sneaks up on me. I don't, never expect it. And whenever it happens, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm way more busy this week than I thought I would be. Yeah, yeah. I would have taken a really busy week this week, which I tried to be as much as I could. Uh, I think I was telling you I am unbelievably bored right now because my wife and dog have not been here for a few days. Uh, my wife is doing some small amount of traveling, hanging out with some friends and stuff because this is the last time she's going to have any time off for a while Like when it comes to work. And uh, it was like... You know, when they leave, I'll, I'll tell you this, you leave, you're like, oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to have the house to myself. I'm going to do whatever I want, you know, sit around in my underwear on the couch, watch TV and drink, you know, do, you know, do man stuff, like bachelor stuff. And then like five minutes later, you're like, I'm freaking bored, right? Like every time I do something, right? If I leave the room, go outside, move my chair back from my desk, I always look for my dog, you know, make sure, you know, where she is. I'm not going to hit her or anything, you know, blah, blah. The fun I have the house alone time lasts for like one. Oh, day. yeah. And like, I, I'll say this. There's there's a little give and take, right? So for the days where I don't have to set an alarm or I'm not like, I don't have a meeting at like 8 a.m., right? Or I don't have a meeting at 9 a.m. I, I, I know I can just sleep in whatever, you know. Um, I have slept later than I have in years because, you know, I don't have my wife or dog waking me up. Because you know, my dog like does not let me sleep in. She's like, yo, we're going to play. We're going to eat some food. And then I'm going back to sleep 
as soon as you're fully awake, just so you know, like <laughs> yeah. rubs that in. Like anyone who follows Brian Kibler on Twitter, his whole thing with Shiro in the morning, like waking him up super early to feed him. And then he goes back. I go through the same thing. It's a, I guess it's a palm thing or whatever. But they're like, I want my food at this time. Right. In the same spot, you know, because they're, they're mine doesn't care about the spot of the food. Some of them really do. But and then they just pass back out. It's really annoying. <laughs> like because I'm one of the people if I'm awake, I'm awake. Like I, I just can't go back to sleep or whatever. So. Well, that sucks for you. Yeah, it's all right. One, one of my life goals is to wake up to an alarm as little as possible. It, you know, years ago, years and years and years ago, like uh, someone asked me once, they're like, you know, what's your what's your life goal? Like, you know, what are your what's your ideal thing? I was like, no alarm clocks, right? And I got to do that for a long time, like with poker and stuff. You know, I could just do whatever I wanted. I will say this: I do actually kind of like the structure. Like getting up around the same time every day, going to sleep. Because here's the thing: I think you sleep a little better overall, even though you might not sleep as much, because your body knows when to go to sleep, right? You, know, you have like a sleep schedule. And I will say this: uh, we always talk about. Um, I always forget to say it when people talk about like what was like your level up moment in Magic. Like when did you start doing better? Blah blah blah. I am 100% convinced that the you know like the year where I went really hard in the SC tour, where I was on like BCW and stuff. I fixed my sleep schedule, right? You know, and I fix I fixed it in a way that. I was up, you know, before tournaments would start, you know, because like, here's the thing, you can have a good sleep schedule where you're asleep at 3 a.m. and wake up around 11 a.m. every day, like blah, blah, blah. That's not conducive to playing in tournaments and playing well, you know, because your, your sleep schedule is going to mess up. But why are you I did that for that year. Dan? Why am I attacking you? Because yeah. you need to hear this, old man. <laughs> just, um, just low-key attacking me in the middle I'll of the I'll add you next time. Yeah, I'll just add you next time. You know, yeah. It's fine. I thought that's what we were doing here. Isn't that what, isn't that what this is? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm 100% convinced that actually helped me out a lot in Magic is like, you know, I, it was just a normal day. You know, I would just get up, do my thing. It's not like, you know, when I was a poker player and I'd be like, oh man, I got to get up at 9 a.m. tomorrow to get to this thing. I guess I'll get three hours of sleep. You know, I guess I'll get four hours of sleep or whatever, you know, and or it made it way easier to deal with the uh, time change because, you know, I never, I would almost never play my own time zone. You know, either like, especially when it was like, you know, SEG or some people had like West, I would either go West Coast or East Coast. And I'm like, well, this is, this is going to hurt because it's like, you know, multiple hours each way, you know, kind of thing. So, I'm trying to figure that out and stuff. So I, I think that actually helped out a lot for like my level at moment. So sleep schedules, especially underrated. Age. Definitely. Yeah, especially at my age, like definitely need to get uh, the regular sleep. Yeah, you know, it's getting the regular sleep is important. I do like the seniors discount. You know, I, I show up for supper now instead of dinner. Four thirty you know. early bird. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Get it's weird too because like, yeah, I've been eating a lot later lately. I don't know what it's probably because I wake up and uh, like work and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to eat. And so I'm eating breakfast at like 11 a.m. now instead of like 8 a.m. And so I'm having lunch at like 3 p.m. And so it really throws off my dinner because I'm eating at like 9 p.m. And then I'm tired. I'm like, oh, this is probably not good for me. But whatever. Figure that out, you know. Going to have to wake up even earlier so you can make breakfast. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of those people. I actually like meal prepping breakfast, believe it or not. It just makes it easier. Like, I don't, I don't have to cook in the morning. But do you really meal prep eggs? I guess with hard-boiled eggs, you can do it. You can meal prep scrambled eggs, and they're not bad for the next day or two. I don't know about that, Tannen. Trust me, it doesn't matter. It's not. I'm not just eating eggs, though. You know, like like here's one. Like I did one last week where I scrambled eggs. Obviously, obviously, like salt, pepper, and some other stuff. Um, I took a vegetable crumble that acts like you know ground meat. Did that with like a bunch of seasoning, um, some bell pepper, uh, hash browns. And something else, like some green, I think. I think it would like saute some spinach with it or whatever. You know, like I, I usually do that real quick. While that's in the microwave, you saute spinach in like 30 seconds or whatever, you know. And I would just, you toss it all together. You can eat it as like a taco. You can eat it as a bowl, like whatever you want. 
And, you know, I would only do it for like a day or two ahead of time. You know, I just have like a little, like I have the little, uh, the things that I can put the, the, the containers in, yeah, and put it in and I can just pop it in the microwave or whatever, we're done. Um, it's better when you make the eggs and the hash browns fresh, yeah, obviously, but sometimes you just don't have time, man. I have time. It's a lot easier nowadays when I'm working from home yeah. and I can take, like, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, um, how many, I'm trying to think of how many times I've cooked a meal where like my phone is in my pocket and I have headphones in and I'm like, you know, cooking while I'm talking. You know, or listening. Let's be real. A lot of the morning meetings, I'm just listening. I'm not actually actively partaking. <laughs> Let's. Be real. I, I also don't own a microwave. It's like reheating food is surprisingly annoying. So I often just eat most of my leftovers as cold, which I don't mind anyway, especially in the summer. Are you a leftover person? I'm a leftover person. I like leftovers. Uh, it, they're fine. Um, often, so a lot of things I make actually, they're their texture changes a bit because it's always something in a sort of rich sauce. And uh, when it uh, uh, goes in the fridge for any length of time, you know, it, it almost congeals a little bit, which sounds grosser than it is. It's still fine. But, you know, textbook examples are like when I make a curry with coconut milk, that creamy, rich curry will solidify a bit in the fridge and you won't really get that loose sauce. Same with risotto, you know, when you make, uh, you know, the, the typical thing to do with leftover risotto is make, uh, arancini, um, well, I did not know that the fried risotto balls, um, that sounds amazing. Usually with some cheese stuffed in the middle. So you like the, you know, have you ever, you know, I'm sure you've made risotto, but when it, when it chills a bit, you know, that sauce really thickens up and it just sort of becomes like, you know, delicious rice. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just take a bit of it and a, like a little chunk of, you know, cubed mozzarella or something and wrap a little Ooh. bit of the risotto around it and then Ooh. just basic dredge and fry it up. Um, you know, uh, I will say this for people at home that don't have it, you, you need to try an air fryer with this. Put it in the air fryer. Air fry, yeah. Well, then I'd have yeah. to get, you know, I, I don't want to have a million different appliances. I don't have a huge kitchen tannin. Yeah, well, that's the joy of having a home like that you own. It's great. Yeah, yes, this then you just is, have to is, take care of so much space. The one this thing I do want brag. to get, so for year, the last few years, I've had a really tiny food processor, um, which is nice because it doesn't take up a lot of space, but, you know, it, it gets a little awkward if I'm making anything in a significant quantity. Right. Um, so We have a small one and we have a Ninja, like the, the, the bigger um, one. Is that the bullet one? Yeah. That's good. No, not the, the bullet ones. I think it's called a Ninja. It's just a bigger version and then you can like, it has yeah. attachments and stuff so you can do all the different things. I should just get like a high powered blender. Because honestly, like yeah. that would work for sauces and dressings. And sometimes I do if I do like wake up late and I don't have time to make a uh, breakfast, I do like just making a smoothie. You know, yeah. yogurt. You know, maybe some orange juice, some fresh fruit. We keep a lot of uh, we keep a lot of like frozen fruits in the in the fridge, so we can do stuff like that. Yeah. Put, throw it in there, blend it up real quick, drink it. It's good stuff. I have an I have an immersion blender. I tried to do a smoothie in that the other day before uh, the SCG open. And didn't it go was good? the worst smoothie I've ever made. I just didn't put <laughs> well, enough juice in it. It was like thick and it needed a little bit soup. Of, of sweetener I, because I used Greek yogurt. So I definitely need a little sweetener because uh-huh. I had a lot of that tartness and I used blueberries. So I had even more tartness. So it was just way too tart and way too thick. Uh, it was really bad. One of the worst things I've ever made. I hope everybody at home's enjoying our cooking episode of the Your <laughs> Podcast, by the way. Dude, I, I would love to just talk about cooking all the time. I, I just want to get to the point where... I have an idea of how much of things to put in because like once the recipe, like once I see the recipe and see what they're getting at, I can, I can adjust. Extrapolate. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if you just like asked me to like make a stir, even just something simple like a stir fry, I'm just like, I don't know how much of things to put in there. Or as, God forbid, if you, you ask me to make like a casserole, like how much of the certain items do I need to fill a 13 by nine pan or an eight by eight or nine by nine pan? I have no fucking clue. I'm the exact same way. I'm thinking of myself versus uh, Natalie's mom. And like, you know, me, I'm one of those people, give me the instructions. I will follow them to the damn letter. And then if, if it adds for, asks for garlic, I'll put more garlic. Let's yeah. be real. But like, you know what I mean? Ever overall, follow no, it to the letter I'll, and finish. I'll change the seasoning a bit if I, you know, yeah. want to do that. You know, I switched out the herbs and the pasta salad. Like I can do stuff like that. Right? I can adjust. But just the basic, like I would have had no idea that I needed a pound of pasta with three avocados because I needed two for the dressing and one for the salad. Like I, I would have just bought an amount and maybe ended up with just two avocados I didn't end up using or a salad that had way too much avocado in it. I just like, how do I know that that's the amount of volume that it's going to make? How do I just, yeah. that just comes from experience, but I, yeah, it has to be just experience and then paying attention to what's going on. You're not just, you know what I mean? Cause like when you're re- you're just reading and doing it, you're not actually learning. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're actively paying attention. And I think of like Natalie's mom when she's cooking and it's just like, you know, she's going through her pantry, doing all the stuff. She just makes everything. And the dish is just absurdly good, like perfect. And I'm just like, you didn't read a damn thing. It also, I think comes from a lot of repetition where I'm just, yeah, like, for sure. I, I, I sort of crave I crave variety except for like the five things that I really like and make a lot. So those things I'm getting better at. Like I make a lot of curries, a lot of risottos, and I cycle through like four or five. I should go back and remake that roasted beet risotto I made once. That one was really good. I turned my entire kitchen purple, but it was worth it. But yeah, everything turns purple. Yeah, oh, the enti- beets the are super kitchen. underrated, by the way. That was also the this is actually a while ago I made that because it was right after I moved to Roanoke and I made it. And I, I didn't know anything about risotto at that time. So I just used regular rice instead of risotto rice. And it just, and I used brown rice, even worse. So like the longest cooking rice possible. And so it just wasn't come together. And we were like, you know, I, I used all the stock I had, like twice as much stock. And was like, this is not cooking. The rice isn't cooked yet. What is going on? And then it finally comes together after 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm like, okay, this is still delicious. And then I, you know, did some Googling. was like, oh, I'm just stupid. I have no idea that risotto needs like super starchy rice, which makes sense. I just had no idea there were 17,000 different varieties of rice. But of course, that makes perfect sense, too, when you finally stop and think about it. <clears throat> no, absolutely. I remember the first time I made it, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, like, how long is it takes? All right, let's get into uh, today's topic, because uh, it's technically one topic for today's show. It's a multifaceted uh, topic. But it's a multifaceted topic, and uh, we're probably going to talk. We'll probably get some pretty heated responses from people. Uh, you know, we're going to have some opinions on some of this stuff, but that's why you Keep listen to us. Keep in mind that if you think we're wrong, you're the one who's wrong. Yeah, because uh, we wrong. reserve all rights to our stuff, and we're always right. And if you have any complaints, please direct them to Shaheen Sarani. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll add him on Twitter. Um, he loves that, so make sure you do it. Um, all of this is going to stem from a tweet from the Magic the Gathering at wizards. You know, underscore magic. Um, that they made a couple days ago, and it's with this tweet says on Monday 7:13 there will be an update to the banned and restricted lists impacting the following formats: historic, pioneer, modern, and popper. So that means that in these four formats, something will change on Monday, right? So there will be a ban or unban, more likely bans, but we have seen unbans before in the past. Now, um, before we get into any specifics here, can I talk about? How much this tweet pisses me off. I've got one thing to get into before you, sure. you go on your rant, because this is even more tangential to that. Because sure. I, when this tweet happened, I actually was very happy, but for very different reasons than what you're going to talk about. 
What, magic's new and fun again? Well, it was maybe? because I had no fucking clue what we were going to talk about on this week's podcast. Because right. neither Pioneer Challenge fired over the weekend. We have literally no tournament data. Nothing is happening. Nobody cares. That's another problem, right? And that's another problem that hopefully this will somewhat change. We'll see. I, I think the problem is different than the, the avail than the legality of certain things in the format, though I do think it's a problem, and we'll get to that when we get into the specific Pioneer stuff. I wrote an entire article this week on SAG about the problems that Pioneer is facing and my proposed solutions. And, you know, bans slash unbans, you know, were only one of three facets right. that I thought uh, needed to be addressed. So It is a problem. It is not the problem. Yeah. It is the most glaring problem, though. I don't think I don't think anything else they could do to the format would make people want to play it without some, you know, way to address the fact that, you know, one or more decks are way too good. So I think this is step one, but it's, it's far from a, you know, sufficient response. But I was at least happy to see a start. And happy that we would have content to make. So, um, here's the thing that really grinds my gears when it comes to this. Was that the segment? I think that was the segment. Yeah, I think it's the segment, yeah. So, this tweet was sent out on the 7th. That's a Tuesday. And it says, on Monday the 7th, 13th, this is what's going to happen. Why would I play Magic during those days in between? But I I understand the, the few niche answers, but you literally just invalidated these four formats until then. There's, there's no reason to do this. Like, I get it. Maybe it's so people feel like they have a chance to prepare. You know, they're like, oh, maybe I can get rid of some of my cards because I think I know what's being banned and other people don't. Or I can spec, you know, on the secondary market. But we know Wizards doesn't really care about the secondary market. They're not supposed to. You know, they it's not really. Do, but they just don't. They're, they do, they're they low do. key about it. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, don't get me started on the uh, what are they called? What, whatever drops they've been doing recently, secret layers. Don't don't get me started on that. You know they haven't even shipped most of those. Are how many are there? Like forty? A lot, and they haven't shipped almost any of them. You know that, right? Like people just aren't getting their stuff they I paid for months have, ago. I've been completely ignoring their existence. Yeah, the old in- interest-free loans, huh? Huh, buddy? Is that is that how it works in America? The old interest-free loans that uh, people can't get, but giant corporations can. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, but uh, it, it, it's just really annoying, right? Because why the fuck do we have to wait a week, Ross? Why? I don't understand. Like, I get it. They're announcing the announcement, right? Like, they're preparing people. Like, there's 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 reasons to do this. I get this. But why do we have to wait so long? Like, there's no reason to do this. It's a digital game right now. The game is digital, right? Just tell us what's going to happen. Tell us the cards that are changing next week. Do whatever you want to do. People are gonna You're going to get the same amount of play, and people can be prepared on that day. Yeah, I, I don't... It's weird because they went from this system where they just had regular updates. And, you know, there was there were the occasional emergency ban. For the most part, there was a BNR announcement that happened shortly after a set's release. Um, and that was that. So four times a year. And they changed this system where they're just like, yeah, we're going to announce... We're going to have them whenever we want to, but we'll give you a week's notice. But anytime they make this first announcement, we're all just like, you know... We have an idea of what's happening. Sometimes they surprise us. Oftentimes they don't. And everybody is, you know, we introduce this rampant speculation for a week. And you're right. We create lame duck formats that, you know, yeah, I get like there's zero chance of either Pioneer Challenge firing this weekend. Absolutely zero. L- literal zero. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Pete Ingram sitting in a queue praying that there's 30 or 63 other people there or 31 other people to give him money so he can just get one last taste of playing Demir Inverter. That's what the, the challenge queue is going to be like. So I don't know what they're um, 
what their expectation is or what their worry is in announcing it immediately. Though the the big thing that gets me is the fact that it's the space between the pre-announcement and the actual announcement uh, contains a full weekend. You know, that's when the tournaments are mainly happening. Why don't you just announce this, uh, you know, and say it's not going to take effect, but announce it immediately, tell us what's changing, and say it takes effect on Friday or Thursday after downtime. You know, give people a little bit of time to test, but also give them time to figure out what they're doing. You know what else? Like, see, I agree with you. But then they go one further. Like, so they give us these days, and then on Monday we'll hear the announcement, and they're like, it'll be live on Arena on Wednesday. So not only do you wait this week, then you wait a few more days of having an actual dead format. And I would love to see the numbers of how many people play during those days and what they play and how much money they spend on the program. They had some explanation for why they decided to do it this way when they made the change, right? I just can't remember what it was. Like, what is their concern about just announcing it and having it, you know, making the announcement and having it take place, you know, within a couple days? Yeah, you don't want pure shock. You don't want to like really evaluate. Like, here's the thing. Give us those few days all at once. Tell us what the thing is. Then, it, it, oh, look, on Monday, here, here's your announcement. All these cards are banned. This is unbanned. These will go in effect on Wednesday. That's it. Two days. That's fine. It's enough time for your programmers, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We don't need this extra seven days involved in here. And, and if your thought is like, you know, we've made the decision that bans are going to happen, but we need some time to figure out exactly what we want to do and start the implementation process on digital platforms, then why not, why just, why make that first announcement to begin with? Why not just, you know, without saying anything, announce on Monday, you know, this is happening. It'll take effect after downtime on X day, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever, and move on with your lives. You know, the, the, the shock is happening regardless, right? Because, but right now the shock is probably even greater than it otherwise would be. Because there's so much speculation, like more, it could be more severe than it actually is, and that risk is going to create more shock, or, or that sh- you know that potential, or 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 more stuff is going to. I guess it goes into the fact of, of of more shocking and the fact that something comes off that you're not really expecting. Because I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to piss some people off. Splinter Twin is not going to be legal in modern and should not be legal in modern. They're not unbanning it. I mean, if they do, it's just pure. Social pressure. Blue control decks are literally the best decks in modern. So, I, and they've been viable for like three years straight. I just don't be right now. It's just clown shoes. People are just fucking clown shoes right now with their. <laughs> so I want Splinter Twin. There's there's two groups of people who are who are pro unbanned Splinter Twin. The people who won a lot with Splinter Twin. And the people that never had to fucking play against it in a real tournament setting, Ross. Most which of is our talk awful. about fans of Pioneer is going to be about Demir Inverter, and you want yeah. to unleash Splinter Twin. I guess Eagle. I get it. Modern's more powerful powerful than Pioneer, but I got another you know thing for you, buddy. Splinter Twin's a lot more powerful than fucking Inverter. Yeah, like that blows my mind. People were like. Splinter Twin should be legal and modern. This effect is fine for Magic. The the format will self correct. Blah blah blah. Oh, by the way, ban Demir Inverter. Like, those cards are way worse by themselves than the Splinter Twin cards. <laughs> and, so, and, like, like I get that the, the format has kind of happened because the deck is so popular, but do you remember playing in modern tournaments when Splinter Twin was legal? I do. Yeah. I remember I, playing... I registered un- Splinter Twin a lot. Yeah. I, re- I, I eventually came around and just started, I played Splinter Twin in my in, in the one of the modern uh, Pro Tours that I played in. I, I started doing it after Pod was banned, but... I remember because, like, I played uh, this Jeskai version of it, the Pro Tour, that was really good, 
and you had like wall of omens in your deck and snapcaster mage stuff so like I didn't even have to Splinter Twin you. I can't tell you how many games I won just by putting a Kiki Jiki into play or a Splinter Twin on my goddamn Wall of Omens and killing you that way. Like, you just could not outgrind me, you know? And I, I will that. say this. The only cool thing that'll come from if that deck's legal again, the only cool thing is is that, like, some cards that have been forgotten in the format become somewhat playable again. Like, Reman starts coming back a little bit more. Electrolyzes possibility of a card. It's like depending on the... Reman it's probably unplayable. Reman seeing some play. Uh, yeah, as I said, they more. would just start yeah. playing magmatic sinkholes and force of negations and archmage's yeah. charms and mystic sanctuaries. Should be blue suit. By the way, that card's done. I don't care. That card needs to be done in almost every I, format, and I it probably will. That card so yeah. much. Popper was on the list. That card's gone in Popper. It has to be. Like, why stand... is it a goddamn island? Why? Why? I cannot stand sitting there and just having them like loop the same cards over and over again. Their deck, they literally can never lose a top deck war ever because all their fetch lands are, you know, the best temple possible. Do you remember reading the card for the first time? I remember looking at the spoiler. I think I messaged you and some other people with, why is this an island? Yeah. Like, I get the, the cycle, but, like, why is it an island? When I first read it, I I, I just skipped over that and assumed it wasn't. Yeah, because it shouldn't be. And then it, I found out later that it was, and I was like, oh, fuck. And, like, this is another long list. Like, how many cards are banned from this set now? Because I... I'm, I've already chalked up that Mystic Sanctuary is getting a ban. I've already chalked it up. It's, it's actually not as many from Throne. There's a lot from the core set. Core, because core set 20 has Field of the Dead and uh, Veil of Summer and Agent of Treachery. Mm -hmm. Agent of Treachery being banned is kind of laughable, but I get it. It's like kind of funny that that is a card that gets banned. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, that one's kind of a weird one. But uh, Yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's, it's like the fact that Lin Civi is banned, it, you know, was banned. It's like... When you look at it, you're like, wait, this is the card that's banned? It's like, it's what it did. It's, it's, it's got it banned. You know, like the effect that it had on a format, you know, but. But, so, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see that go. I'm, we're not going to spe speculate, sorry, too much about what's going to go on in the other formats. Mm -hmm. uh, I just had to rile up the, the listeners oh, a yeah. little bit. No, that's fine. They need to be kept in line. Yeah. They're getting a little rowdy out there in the peanut gallery. Yeah, you. I'm talking to you. Chill out. Yeah. They, Someone uh, in their car right now is just punching their steering wheel with your wrong. Splinter Twin is fine. You know, they're just going off. You know, I've like, my foil to save our exarchs. Yeah, I've had them for 12 years. It's been <laughs> it's been 87 years or whatever, whatever the, the, the meme is. Whatever, you know, I get it. it look, I don't want to have to play these shitty-ass cards in my deck anymore just, just in case I play the deck four times because I will over the span of tournament. And then it, I just don't want to play mirrors all day. Anyway, all right. Um, let's get into Pioneer. So I think we have a really, really good opportunity here to make this format more healthy um, card-wise. I think we have a long discussion otherwise on how to make the format back to being relevant um, or more relevant than it is now. Yeah, because its relevance certainly is impacted uh, by forces outside of the, the cards that exist in the format and the metagame. Yeah, like it, it has to do with COVID and historic and all the other things that are going on just logistical problems it's it's literally a logistical problem yeah watch our show from two or listen to our show from two weeks ago read my article from this past week you'll learn i'm convinced that if like let's say the status quo stayed right like we didn't have the covid19 problem and there's still star city game opens and grand prix going on that it would be the most popular format in magic right now yeah and there would have been multiple bands multiple months ago yeah the, the format would look different right so let's kind of talk about that a little bit um i think we're getting more than one ban. Well, let, let's let's save exactly what we think is going to happen mm -hmm. towards the end. And let's try to discuss each individual okay. potential action. And talk okay. about 
how much we sort of agree with it and, and the the logic behind it because there's there's a ton of different cards that people have brought up both to be banned and unbanned and i think the one that i want to start with the number one sure. that i think that we should talk about is the one that i think is most ubiquitous that, that should be banned it's kind of like overarching or that like people talk about and that's dig through time yeah i believe this one is probably getting the most press uh and i one don't want to see it banned though i think it this would be high on my list of cards i think will be banned at least relative to some of the other ones but i really i don't i don't want to see it banned i think that's actually a bad decision because you think it's so cool for the format to have a card like this and i don't think it's overpowered for the format like you know dig and cruise existed for months and they were perfectly fine but everyone has this i you know it's because of the i this card's getting so much press and hype for a band because of its pedigree and it's already banned in Modern and Legacy, along with Treasure Cruise. We know how powerful it can be. It was a format staple when it was in Standard. Uh, you know, one of the best cards in the format. And, you know, it, it sort of only follows that it would, you know, potentially be too good for Pioneer. But just look at the reality of what Pioneer was before Inverter. Dig Through Time, you know, was in maybe some wacky combo decks like um, uh, Jeskai Ascendancy. And was like a two of in Azorius Control, Right. That's that's about what people were doing thick through time, and it was it was good in that deck, but it wasn't game breaking, and it's you know that that's a I think that's a good card for uh for gameplay when it's not um you know also enabling a combo, and that's you know it's particularly good in the inverter deck because not only is it finding the combo pieces by exiling the cards in your graveyard, it is enabling the combo itself because it, right. it's sort of a two and a half card combo, right? Like you you need a small graveyard and of the pieces and dig through time is a card that reduces the size of your graveyard while digging hard for two specific cards so like if you if you were to be a an inverter player and you were trying to build cards to make your deck better you would build the card dig through time yeah like you would create that card like uh so you know it, it, and it is you know ostensibly the quote best card in demir inverter it's not the most essential card in the deck right that's inverter of truth because without it the deck just doesn't function uh, but it is ostensibly the best card because it is both good when you're trying to play a fair game and when you're trying to play a combo game. It's your best top deck late. It's still pretty reasonable early because you can cast it, you know, about turn four, turn five. Um, and, you know, just, you know, pulls you from behind and cements games when you're ahead. Uh, so it, it, it's quite good. You know, we, we yeah, know the power it, of it. But it's just not the right card to ban. I do worry on the other end of this argument. I do worry that if we leave the card around, it's one of those cards that is always there, like the threat of it being too good. You get what I'm saying? Like if cards get put in the future, like if another card like Lotus Breach gets put in the future that breaks this aspect of the game, that one of the reasons it's so good is because Dig Through Time is still legal. It's still a card that's around. They don't even pl they, then you you keep banning those stupid like the stupid enablers. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Busted in you know a, a fair deck. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's this is what I'm saying. I agree with you the fact that as long as we're casting it fairly, and do you understand what I mean by that? We're not winning the game immediately when we cast Dig Through Time. Yeah. I think this is fine. And by winning the game, I get it. You cast Dig Through Time in a, in a mid-range mirror, and you get two good cards. You've probably just won the game. But it's very much different than when you find the piece that you're looking for from Inverted the Truth. Plus, you know, exiling the cards from your graveyard and making and your deck... you find a Thoughtseize to force it through, or you find both pieces, you know... Yeah, however that works. It's slightly different than me finding another Siege Rhino and a removal spell, so I get to kill yours, play mine now, now I'm obscenely far ahead, kind of thing. Those are two very different things. 
And the second one, I think, is drastically okay, while the first one is drastically not okay, right? Yeah. And having that around kind of scares me. We talk about this, like, we're going to talk about this more in the show, like, what do you ban from these kinds of decks? It's like, remember Hogak? The first ban they made from the deck did literally nothing. In fact, it actually probably made the deck better because they stopped playing bad cards. They just played the super all-in, like, aggressive, better version of the deck. Like, I played the first version of it, and I would kind of, like, flounder around and fuck up a lot. And then, like, they banned the other card, and I just played the I'm trying to Hogak you on two and just beat the shit out of everybody. You know, I was like, I was like this deck's messed up. You know? In that, in that case, it's clear that they were trying to ban, you know, not ban the card that was from the recent set. Yeah, right? like brand new. They, yeah. they knew Hogak was the problem, and they were just hoping. So I don't think that situation is going to apply here. I think they're going to actively try to, you know, take out the card that, you know, affects the change that they want to see, or be, at least best affects it. I 100% agree with what you're saying. I think Watsy has to just take it on the chin here. Like, you just kind of got to be like, look, we, we messed up a little bit with some of the newer cards. They're very, very powerful. I'm okay with them printing powerful cards. I'd rather them make mistakes than never make a mistake. I always, always say that statement. You know, and you just you have to accept your failure. You have to be okay with it and being like, for the good of our game, for the good of these formats, and for the mental well-being of our players. Because let's be real, I pulled my hair out quite a bit over some of these decisions. We just have to do this. And yeah, it sucks to ban a card that's in a standard legal pack, right? Like. It sucks that people are buying booster packs of, like, Throne of Eldraine or Corset, where, like, some of the cards that are literally the artwork on the pack are not legal. Like, you can open this card, and you cannot play with it, right? And that's weird. Like, I get that. It's not something they want to happen, but for the good of the game and the good and health of these formats and players, like, I think you just, you have to accept it. Yeah, and you have to do it. But the, the argument around Dig Through Time being this card that should be banned because there's some potential future time where it's too good is almost kind of nonsensical to me because it only restricts design space in ways that we already are actively trying to restrict it for Pioneer and for future Magic sets, right? Like It's clear that Pioneer is an attempt to create a non-rotating format without fetch lands. Because fetch lands are the thing that has limited design space and caused more broken cards than any other cards in Magic's history, probably. Right? Uh, and, you know, for the various ways that they enable things like Death Rite Shaman, Dig Through Time, you know, Lotus Cobra, I don't know, whatever. Um, that one's not so broken, but you know what I'm saying. So, you know, that's what, that's what they started with. And that's why I think Pioneer is great, because I, I agree with them. And I've been railing about the problem with fetch lands for years. Uh, and in this, so in this case, like, we're not going to get the cards that makes Dig Through Time broken. Like, I honestly don't think we're going to get another different one mana cantrip. I kind of think Opt is just going to be Evergreen. Opt is fine. Yeah. Evergreen it. I'm good with it. Yeah. Love me some Opts. I own my invasion set. We're good. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I actually went on the TCG player and got like one or whatever the other day. Cause I just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't find my fourth or whatever. And I was like, this is, this is unacceptable. Yeah. Um, I love that it doesn't say scry. On it too. It's kind of cool that it has like the full text and stuff. We're and yeah, we're oh yeah, it does, because it was before the keyword. But we're not going to we're not going to get thought scour here and have thought scour and opt and people are just going to be dig through timing for two mana on turn three like it's nothing, right? Is is as much as I you know I love thought scour more than any human alive. It's it's in it's one of my favorite magic cards of all time. And I think the power level of it has been understated its entirety of being legal in any format. I think people don't understand how powerful that card actually is, right? It's just that we don't, you know, play as much, blah, blah, blah. 
You do not want that card. We talked about this in the show. That card is not okay. It cannot be legal in Pioneer. I think it would be busted in Pioneer. Like, actually busted. It would go into... It would literally go into all of the tier... Like, almost all the tier 1 decks. And the ones that could cast it. And then it would actually move up multiple unplayable decks. Like, Phoenix would be playable. Yeah, you could probably play Phoenix at that point. Though, you know, Lotus Breach would probably just be absurd. Lotus Breach, Inverter would play it. I I firmly believe that Inverter would play it in some form. Um, Anything with Uro in it would play it. Like, like, anything would dig through time, right? Anything would dig through time, Treasure Cruise. Like, you'd have to get rid of those cards. Like, it would 100% break those cards. Oh, yeah. And and that's the, and that's where we're not going to see them. I think Watts, I think Watsi understands that you know they've restricted that design space. You know we live in the world that we live in right now, and uh, you know any cantrips that we get are going to be significantly worse than opt. Right? Agreed. So we're not going to get the cards that break dig through time in an overall sense, and so we have to really understand that dig through time is broken in Demir Inverter because Demir Inverter is at the ideal home for it. And, That's a really good point, and it's so mm-hmm. di- like, and it's so contrived of a home because of that third element of exiling the graveyard being an important part of the combo. So this is, despite the fact that Dig Through Time has the most obvious pedigree, so then people look at it and be like, yeah, that's obviously the broken card because it's the best card in the deck. And they look at all this previous evidence. It's not actually the same situation. It's actually a very different situation. It's a situation where instead of Dig Through Time being the broken card because Delve is so easily easy to enable. Delve is easy enough to enable, but it's unbelievably good when you're finding combo pieces that also need an empty graveyard. You know, that's just such a different scenario than what we saw in whenever it was banned the first time. So I think people are kind of missing the point with Dig Through Time right now. And they're, it's a little bit of a lazy, um, you know, target to say okay. that, you know, you know, obviously Dig Through Time. It's is got the, an easy target defender. painted on it, like you said, because of its pedigree. Yeah. And there's some interesting, you know, debate to be had as to whether or not, uh, you know, obviously it would make the deck much worse. And it would probably mm-hmm. open up the, the metagame to some degree. But would it eliminate the deck entirely? I, I don't think so. I remember, you know, last year hearing an idea from Andrew Jessup, you know, who, excellent player. And he was thinking, well, if Dig Through Time goes, like, what if we played Tassiger as our Delph card? And then played Stubborn Denial as a cheap piece of interaction. Because Inverter yeah. and Tassiger both turn on Stubborn Denial. Yeah, and let's go. Like, yeah, that seems pretty cool. You know, you can do stuff like that. And honestly, you know, then you have, you know, when you think of that and, and that idea comes to your head, you really have to answer the question, what is our goal here? Because I think it's pretty clear that Demir Inverter is the primary offender in the format. So at the very least, something needs to be done to that deck. And something will be done, I firmly believe. But the question is, do we want Demir Inverter to exist in a neutered form, or do we want to surgically excise it from the form? And that's our next point. You know, we talked about this. Do you ban the enablers, or do you ban, like, the namesake card that the deck cannot, you know, operate without? Like, what about Inverter of Truth? Do we just ban that card? And honestly, to me, I'm just like, yeah, like, maybe we do that because that's, like you said, the other one might be lazy. This is the easiest fix, right? Like, if you don't want the deck to exist... Yeah, there we go. That's a good way to put it. This is the easiest fix where, like, if you want this deck not to to exist, if you think it's just too much for this metagame, having it, you know, warp too many things, which it is, in my opinion, just ban the card the deck is built around. You know, because it, it cannot function without it. Yeah, it, this deck cannot function without Inverter of Truth. It's the card they don't, you know, they don't take out of the deck. Like, they, they take some of the other pieces and stuff out here or there. But Inverter and Truth, 
I don't think we need to speak on it for too long. I think this is like the one that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, and this is 100% what I want to see. And uh, I think it's, I would say, roughly equal in, in my expectation for what's going to happen with Dig Through Time being banned. Uh, I don't have a great read either way. Um, I think one of these two cards is going. Uh, I really, really hope that it's Inverter. I think at this point, the deck existing for as long as it has and being oppressive for as long as it has is hugely problematic and is sort of a stain on the format. So at the very least, you know, to get people interested in playing again, you need to show them a format that does not have Inverter of Truth, that doesn't have this deck. Yeah, because all the other best decks when they've been around have all gotten, and they've been around for have been around for a while, got banned way faster. And even the decks that, that still exist that had the mantle of best deck for like a week or two were reacted to. Things like Lotus Breach, Mono White, you know, they were really good Ch- for a little chunky bit. Chunky Red. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, the, the metagame handled them. They just, It just took a little bit of time. So they're more in the, like, the, the is it Phoenix uh, tier of things than the Hogak tier. He's like, you know, as much as Faithless Suiting got banned, is it Phoenix had been pretty well handled by then. Yeah, it was no longer, it was, it was like the tier one of litmus test, you know, like, you know, you yeah. need to be able to compete with this deck in the format, but it wasn't, like, oppressive. And it was still really popular because, you know, good players like playing that style of deck, so... But it, it was not just, what it was. Did you just call January, yourself a good February, player? <laughs> I like your roundabout calling yourself a good player there. I love it. Um, Got to get that in when I can. So on the same lines of Inverter of Truth, what about Thassa's Oracle? Uh, I've heard this one a little bit too, and this one doesn't even really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Every time I hear it, I'm like, Re- really? It's not, this even one? The, it's not even the best of that. Like, it's worse they than They board Jace. it out a lot too. Yeah, they board it out. So they only play three sometimes. Like, you still have Jace. Like, what? Yeah, like, this is like the... I want this deck to be slightly worse. Like, there's no way a deck gets to a bannable point, and this is the minor action that you take. This really is like banning Bridge from Below. Yeah, I was just about to say, what about Bridge from Below, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we already explained why that happened, and like, this is actually the banning the most the most recent card in the standard set. Yeah. So it's like the complete opposite. This one does, really doesn't even make sense to me. Um, I, and I, I, I would be shocked if either it or Jace went, or somehow both. Um, because that, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, I, I'm firmly in the camp that it, it's Digger Inverter, and I really, really hope that it's Inverter. And it, it's so easy. You get to just take the deck out of the format yeah, and not affect any other deck. Yeah. You know, it'll not affect it directly. Obviously, it'll indirectly affect things. But From one combo deck to another one, how do you feel about Lotus, uh, Lotus Field or Underworld Breach? Yeah, th- this is a weird one, uh, because this deck got so much hype around the players to work and, you know, it was really good. And then everybody started playing a bunch of Damping Spheres and kind of figuring out how to play against it. And it, it's popped up at times since then. Remember that? There was that couple-week stretch where Caleb Shearer won, like, 17 tournaments in a row. Yeah, won, like, every yeah. tournament that he played in, yeah. Yeah, he now lives in a solid gold house with a rocket car. You know. <laughs> Surrounded by his mountain of Underworld Breaches and Magic Cards. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so, but outside of, you know, two a, a couple-week a couple stretches, right, the deck has not been particularly good. So, yeah. to me, this doesn't feel like a deck that you need to ban, but people really just irrationally hate combo decks. I don't I don't really understand. I, I mean, I, I understand what they're getting at. They don't like playing, against, you know, sort of feeling helpless or feeling like they absolutely need to play certain cards. And the, the Lotus Breach deck is... Um, frustratingly resilient to things like graveyard hate or uh you know hand disruption and counter spells it's very it's frustratingly really resilient to those forms of disruption 
Um, though certainly not, you know, certainly not completely immune. Like those make an impact. Uh, you know, there's some there's something to be said. I would say for the removal of inverter and making breach a lot uh, more dangerous. Because having good disruption, you know, counter spells and discard, and then that potential for a turn five, turn six kill is a really threatening for a combo deck. Whereas ha being able to have disruption and a clock out of other decks is a lot harder, whether it be mono black aggro or some other deck. Um, so I can, if your argument is that multifaceted and you're like, well, I think in a post inverter world, breach is really dangerous, and that cycle of we have to hate it out, it goes away, then we stop hating it, it comes back. Sort of the dredge cycle becomes much more robust and, and you know more extreme. You know, It comes back in an even bigger way where it completely dominates and everybody has to start playing Damping Spheres because we all know it's the best way to handle it. And you know that cycle gets worse than it has been. You know, I, I'm somewhat amenable to that. So I'm understanding if you want to ban one of these pieces, either the Field or the Breach, um, but... I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I kind of agree with you in every way, um, especially Hold on, if. Can, can you repeat that? I kind of agree with you in every way. Ooh, ooh. So, start fanning yourself a little bit here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, cool off a little oh, bit. Yeah. Because um, just... you, you you made my point for me. Okay. Ross <laughs> just pouring water over his face. Um, you kind of made my point for me here, where it's just like, yeah, this deck's been very good at times, right? But if we treat it like the dredge deck in modern, where the threat of it is probably better than the actual deck itself, and every few months people kind of forget, you know, they forget about Dre, you know, and then it shows up, it wins a tournament, and then next week people are packing their hate in their sideboard. That's like, like Caleb have his fun. Yeah, like Caleb have his fun every three months, you know? Like, let him win a tournament every three months, and then he'll just go back into obscurity for a while when his deck's unplayable. He'll go back to 4 3 every event instead of 7 going, you know, like... Also, and also, if you want to play Magic but you absolutely despise combo decks and you think they're stupid for some reason, just play fucking limited. I'm sick yeah. of people just hating on combo decks. To me, combo decks are the pinnacle of constructed magic because okay. they are decks that are gr much greater than the sum of their parts. Agreed. And you're, in a non-obvious way, yeah. right? In a very, uh, particularly engine-based engine, engine combo decks. Uh, you know, the combo decks that are like show-and-tell sneak attack, that's a pretty obvious thing. I have this card that cheats, you know, expensive creatures into play, and I'm playing the most powerful expensive creatures, and I'm just finding them. Gristlebrand is a stain. Yeah, anyway. like, so th those combos, I can see, they can be a little annoying. But the engine combo decks, things like Elves, Storm, Lotus Breach, these things to me are just works of art. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I agree with you because unless you think the deck is going to get super oppressive and really hate, hurt the format, which we've seen that it hasn't, right? You know, that the best one of the best cards against it is colorless, and everybody can run them, then I think the deck is fine, right? And it's okay for it to win every now and then. Like, that that's fine, you yeah. know? But if it gets super oppressive, then yeah, that's a problem. But overall, I'm just kind of, eh, meh. This, to me, is a leave it alone for now, but we've got our eye on you, because Inverter yeah. is gone. And I think Inverter had a decent, uh, had a good matchup here, and kept them, you know, pretty well suppressed. Yeah. Um, but I, there do, doesn't seem to me to be compelling evidence to ban either one, though I wouldn't be super surprised if they do. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Do you have particularly strong opinions about which one should go, if either? Uh, breach. That, that's the one that people keep saying, and I'm actually more on the field side of things. Okay. 
to me, the basis of busted combo decks is always fast mana. See, you might be right. So, someone was talking to me about this the other day. I think a scooter was talking to me about this the other day. And he was talking about, like, just ban the card that makes hidden strings good. Because any card that makes hidden strings, like, an A-plus card, like, probably shouldn't be okay. Yeah. And do you remember the lists that were going around that were just breach lists that weren't playing Lotus Field? They were playing, like, Chronic Flooding? Yeah. Right. Yeah, if you have to put that many bad cards in your deck, like, it's going to be pretty easy to hate out. Yeah, right? exactly. And Underworld, like, straight breach decks are going to be a lot more um, vulnerable to Graveyard Hate. It's, it's Lotus Field that actually makes them resilient to Graveyard Hate. Because it gives them that sort of ramp plan with Fae of Wishes. And there's no way an Underworld Breach deck is playing Fae of Wishes without Lotus Field. They just won't have the mana to do it efficiently. 100% agree with you. I think it's a really good point. You kind of made me think about yeah. this a little differently. And you made another point that I kind of wanted to get into. And this is why I think we were are way more likely to see something from Inverter get banned for sure. And then maybe something from Breach. Is the fact that when you look at the decks and when they build around these cards... Breach plays a lot of unplayable cards in their deck, right? Because they are good in this deck. But when you look at Dig Through, I mean, sorry, when you look at the Inverter decks, all the cards in that deck are just good on rate. And they don't have to combo to kill you, right? Like, they can just bury you in card advantage and kill you with, like, their good cards. Like, eventually, they will probably combo you to kill you, but the cards are good on their own. Yeah. The Sometimes Breach they bury you and just play an Inverter with a big graveyard and yeah. then have another, like, a second Inverter back up and, yeah. you know, just attack you. Yeah, but, like, Breach cannot do that. Like, they have to combo you. Like, yeah, they can wish for their Ugin and kill you with Ugin, but that's because your deck just can't beat an Ugin. You know, like, you know, that kind of thing. Like, obviously, there's, like, the corner cases, but in general... Yeah, you don't kill with the Ugin that that often. Yeah. Now, speaking of cards that do kill people, there's another one that we want to talk about possibly banning, and this one might surprise a few people, but I'm kind of for this. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna bury, I'm not going to bury the leader. I'm kind of for getting this one out of the format. Um for multiple reasons, and we can get into the stuff, but the card I'm talking about is Walking Ballista. Now, this hurt. This hurts, we keep talking about these combo decks, this hurts the third combo deck, like the Devotion decks with Heliot, right? Like, it takes out the the infinite part of the combo, of just straight up fireballing somebody with Walking Ballista, and it just makes you have to play more of a fair version of these, of these things if you want to do that in the future. You're not just infinitely killing someone, right? It takes out their Splinter Twin-esque type thing. Everybody calls all the combos Splinter Twin now, but... I'm kind of in for it. Like, I, th I think this card, just being able to put into every single deck, you know, you don't have the cat combo there anymore. So, like, if Sahili Rai was a thing, I think you need to have Walking Ballista be uh, a card that's legal in the format to help answer that for yeah, every deck. A, a nice universal check. Yeah, but a card that's just played at this kind of rate in every single deck, I know Todd Anderson would be very happy to see this card get banned. He's yeah, just, he's been the one that's most vocal about Walking Ballista. Yeah, and it, it, does, it does create some of those play patterns, right? Where you're like, well... I have to play and hope they don't have it here. So this is a card that's interesting to me when people bring it up. And I'm kind of getting more in the span of it might be good for the overall health of the format. Um, yeah, th this is an interesting one to me and the one I'm most undecided about. Same. Because it, it definitely has, you know, a, a huge pedigree in Pioneer. It's a young format, eight months old. But if you really think about it, Walking Ballista has been a huge part of it from the beginning. From the time that Mono Green Devotion, you know, Todd sort of broke it with that. Ballista was a huge part of that. We had those Scales decks. Ballista was a huge part of those. And then we had the Mono White deck. So, you know, Ballista has been a big part of this format basically the entire time. You know, a key part of a top-tier deck. Um, and, you know, it's not super surprising why. It's a powerful card. It's had pedigree in a lot of different formats. You know, it's he's playing Modern and Eldrazi Tron and 
uh, a couple other spots and it sees play, you know, saw a ton of playing standard and, um, you know, in different decks, it was in different builds of, of Mardu vehicles. It was always in snake decks and things like that. So it's definitely a powerful magic card, but as for getting banned, I mean, that's a, you got to hit a, a pretty high bar to me. And I understand, I think that bar has come down in recent years. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's as much of a, you know, we've hit a lot more cards that are aberrations in the last two years is more of the, the bar for banning things has come down a little bit. Um, or, you know, we're just better at iterating formats and just accepting that these decks are great and people are going to tournaments aren't, you know, stubbornly playing other decks as much as they were 10, 15 years ago. Uh, but like, if you look at some of the other famous bannings in standards history, at least ones that I've been around for, you know, the affinity cards all got banned in standard, sh- you know, shortly before they rotated. It was yeah, a it was weird v- time. It was very for them to small do it. amount of time. Yeah, it was, it was like three or four months. Time. Yeah, and they had been you know crushing for a while, and uh, you know it was hard to play through that format. Yeah, and Jason Stoneforge Mystic are the same. They were both rotating. They were banned in June when they were going to rotate that October. You know, granted, it took a little while for them to get truly busted because John suppressed Jace for a little bit, uh, and really until Gideon was printed, and Gideon helped a lot at protecting the Jace. Um, and then, uh, you know, once the swords got printed is when Stoneforge joined the party. And we probably should have been playing, you know, Cobblade with Sword of Body in mind for three months before Sword of Feast of Hammer was printed, but, you know, nobody figured it out yet. So, um, you know, th- those bans happened pretty late in the game. And now we've got bans that are happening really, really early, from like Emrakul and Smuggler's Copter to Oko and some other ones, I'm sure. Uh, the, the full energy cards took a little longer, but um, I, I feel like, you know, you know, we're banning things more aggressively than we used to. So maybe my metric for when to ban something is a little off, but I, I'm kind of against the Ballista one. I, I think Ballista is just a good, you know, just one of the better cards in Pioneer. And I think it's fine that, that it is. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of against it too. Uh, honestly, I can. You just said you were kind of for, for it, Tan. No, no, no. I mean, I'm. I, the thing is, overall, I'm against it. But I was. Uh, I didn't even entertain the idea yeah. before people started it, talking it about intriguing. it. Then I was like, oh, it, it's it an interesting makes, point it, because it makes you realize just how powerful it's been in the format. It's been really good. A really good piece of multiple good decks. So, you know, that. But you know, outside of of mono green i don't think the mono white deck is impressive at all and i think that deck is fine to to leave around it was the best deck for a significant period of time it was the best deck for like two weeks before the inverter players figured out how to beat it with ashiox and stuff and now they have fucking eliminate to kill gideon like i i honestly i think if if people were actually playing the format the mono white deck might just kind of disappear because i i think once the demir inverter deck has an easy answer to gideon that matchup becomes really easy no, I think you're. I think you're right. Now we talked about a lot of these cards that we think could possibly, you know, be banned. Like a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the talk around Twitter and stuff. These are what the cards I've talked about. One thing that we did want to bring up is, you know, th- they don't just do bans on these announcements. Sometimes they unban things. And we've seen this in Modern recently. It hasn't happened yet in Pioneer, but I do believe it's something we consider. And we have two cards that we wanted to talk about the possibility of, hey, you know what? Maybe they come back. Maybe we get these back. And the first one is the one that I kind of got to pat myself on the back a little bit because I, I, I called this one right away in this format about this card being like a glue for a lot of decks, being very good and possibly ban worthy at some point in time. 
And that's Oath of Nyssa. That said, I think most everyone was surprised when Oath of Nyssa got the axe. I think I was one of the people who wasn't. I might have been like yeah. one of the only people who wasn't. Um, it just made sense to me because it, it hit two of the best decks at the time, you know, with the Sahili Rai deck and the Mono Green Devotion deck. Again, uh, one of the cards that we, uh, it should be up on the wall framed in a picture on Todd Anderson's house. He should have like this, uh, Leyline, you know, any of the cards that get banned from the Mono Green deck, Todd just have them up on his wall with like dates of like when it was legal because it's, it's his fault, right? And this is one of those cards that, I think this might be okay to unban this format and to bring back. Like, so, Does the Green Devotion deck get too good because of it? I don't think so. And the other thing, too, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, is if the format goes the way that I think it's going to go after this, right? Like, let's say, you know, a lot of these combo decks are, are done and we start to see actual mid-range and aggro decks really be things you can do. I think one of the most powerful and best things you can do in the format going forward is Uro. I think Uro is going to become a very powerful card and... You know, this is a card that I think we could even possibly be talking about banning preemptively because of this, but maybe that's just too much. Oath of Nyssa doesn't really help Uro a ton. Yeah, it does find it, but it doesn't fuel it. Anyway, yeah, the second and third copies of it possibly do, but you're not just like, you know, putting a card into your graveyard immediately to, to get your Uro count up or to, to, you know, fill your graveyard up and get one for free. Like, you're kind of getting your money's worth with this card and not anything extra and stuff. So... Uh, and then I think the the if, if you're not arrowing in green, you're probably playing like a green ramp deck. You know, I'm talking about like casting Ugin very quickly and stuff like that. And that deck just doesn't have room for Oath of Nessa, I don't think. Yeah, and maybe it'd probably be an awkward fit in that deck. You're you are missing you're a missing one. Yeah, you want your cards to to, to make mana. What am I missing? The, the the deck that is most scary to me if you unban Oath of Nessa is Kathis Combo. Oh, yeah, okay, I forgot about that piece of crap deck. Yeah, <laughs> it fixes your mana for the Planeswalkers you want to play, mm. uh, notably Teferi. It is a legendary permanent that often goes to your graveyard. Oh, yeah, true. And it finds all the different combo pieces. It we is may finally see one of the cards we thought was going to be one of the biggest cards in the format show up, and that's Mox Amber. Yeah, it is. Oath of Nyssa is very, very good in that deck. Uh, you know, that deck didn't really make a ton of waves before Oath was banned, I think, in part, it was overshadowed by the decks you mentioned, uh, Cat Combo and Mono Green Devotion. So it's hard to exactly tell, you know, how good would that have deck, be deck have been if it was legal for, you know, the SCG Invitational in November. But I think it would have been pretty good. That's the scary one to me. I think Green Devotion, I think, would probably be fine. Because the biggest thing with the Devotion deck isn't that it's, like, going over the top of people. is that it was able to do it so quickly and consistently. Uh, while still being somewhat resilient, like you could, there wasn't, you couldn't just wrath them once or play a removal spell or two and, and really shut them down. Um, but they were able to, you know, kill you on like turn four and five a lot, which is what low to the ground underpowered aggro deck should be doing. But they were able to do it in a shell that had much more individual card power level. Um, Oath of Nyssa does help their consistency, particularly in finding Nykthos. Uh, but it's a, sometimes a, a sort of awkward slow card for them. You know, the best thing for them to be doing is going like turn one elf, turn two, second accelerant plus oath, find my Nykthos, and then they're kind of set up for something, but they still don't have a ton of devotion. So in in those shells, I think it's fine. My worry is that Kethis deck. You know, we have some good graveyard hate. We should be able to contain it, but is that a deck that we really want to unleash? So I, I'm not expecting oath to come unbanned, but I'm, I'm kind of amenable to it. I wouldn't be, you know... Uh, really upset, but I would immediately start seeing how good Kethis is. Yeah, absolutely. And like, is that a thing that's okay? 
like, is it okay for the format? Like, can the format handle it? That's like another thing too, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll have to see, you know, maybe this is something that hasn't really come into their mind. Like, I don't expect an unbanned, but I think it's something that we can start, I think we mentioned this recently on the show, we can start having this conversation, I think. Yeah, I think we got to that point. I want to get back to Uro, though, before we move yeah, on sure. to Unbans. Because Uro's another interesting potential ban, because it's sort of the other Theris Beyond Death card, other than Heliod, Underworld Breach, Thassa's Oracle, that has really shaped the format over the last six months. And I agree that it's really powerful and would be very good if the format came out as, you know, very much aggro mid-range control. Uro would be awesome in that kind of format. It's just very good when you're, you know, playing interactive magic. It's good against all those decks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, is you know, how problematic would that be? Are we going to ban that one right now? To me, that one sits in the Lotus Field Underworld Breach category where there's no strong evidence to ban it right now, but I can see the argument that it would be an immediate you know, major player in a post-inverter world, and so it's a card that you really need to keep an eye on. That's, that's my judgment on Uro. Although, I will say personally, I fucking hate that card and I want it stricken from the earth. Yeah, the card's miserable, but... I, I gotta agree with you in those things. I, I, I think it's one of those cards that if, you know, I, I think banning it now is definitely too premature when you take a look at it. Because we could just be wrong. I, I just look, I look at it and I look at Croxa and I'm just like, why did you add the explore part onto this one? You know, like you could have just made them symmetrical, but this one is a little bit better because, you know, gaining life and drawing cards is better than potentially dealing them damage and having them discard cards. So obviously it should cost more. But you just added you know, an explore effect just tacked onto this one. So that way it covered every aspect. Because I think if that card didn't actually explore, you would be able to run over Uro decks. Like they would pay three mana to gain three life and draw a card, and they would fall really far behind on board. Right? And with all the ETB tap lands that exist right now, it might be awkward. It would probably be really awkward for them to be able to shatter on four after Uroing um, in a three color deck that, you know, but now it's all, you know much easier to do that, or they just get to five mana and play Cavalier, or get to five mana and play Nissa, or get to five mana and play ECD. Uh, you know, one of these other busted cards. Um, but th- th- it really is unconscionable to me that they just broke the symmetry of those two cards and made the Simic one so much better, and just made it. You know, they made it so that it progresses your game plan along every major axis that exists in the game of Magic: The Gathering. Because I, I, I love Pat, uh, Patrick Chapin's, uh, you know, uni- unified theory of magic where he, you know, essentially calls magic a sort of three-dimensional game where you can at- attack on a tempo axis, you can attack on, you know, the philosophy of fire or just the direct life total axis, or you can attack on the card advantage axis. And Uro, you know, gains you life, so it prevents people from attacking you on that axis, draws cards and comes back from the graveyard, so it generates card advantage just inherently via escape. So it generates, you know, it stops people from being able to win along that axis. And, uh, you know, generates tempo by accelerating you with land drops, so you you don't fall behind on that axis at the very least. It doesn't affect the battlefield, but it does, you know, you know, eventually make your plays more powerful than your opponents. So you kind of fall behind a little, but catch up later. So, you know, there's just no axis left to attack. I gotta agree. Fucking like hate the, that card. So if they yeah. banned it, I would be, you know, personally peachy keen. But I don't think it's necessary. Whenever you print a card in a in, in the standard, you know, in a standard pack, whenever you print a card in this, and it immediately is put into de- existing decks in every other format, and then spawns decks also in every other format, that's probably a problem. The card might be too good. You know, and the, 
Also, it being blue. Like, you just pitch it to your forces and stuff, too. Like, come on. Like, escape is just such a powerful mechanic, too. It just, you know, there's never any limit, or your deck size is the limit of how many times it comes back. Just, right. just messed up. And I, lo- I love me some Croxa. I think Croxa is a sweet card to exist. Absolutely. I, I like cards like that. Really I, shit. Yeah. I wish it was more playable. You know. A fiery death. <laughs> All right. So. What is your overall... Oh, hold on. You're jumping the gun, Tan. Got oh, I, I'm sorry. Discuss. Well, you, you keep interrupting me on the other ones and not let me start the discussion. I keep forgetting where we are. All right. There was another card that we were going to talk about here about coming off the off the ban list, possibly. And I know this one's near and dear to your heart. And I was thinking about to myself, is this one okay? And I got to ask you, what do you think about Smuggler's Copter, Ross? Well, I may be a little biased on this one. Mm-hmm. I love me some Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. For the first, you know, basically until it was banned, I played mono with Smuggler's Copter decks. You're playing it in Modern. Like. Yeah, I started playing it in Modern. I, I played it in Isn't Soul, and then I played it in Mono Black Aggro until the card was banned. So I was all in on Smuggler's Copter from the moment the, you know, uh, format started. I love this card. I love it. Absolutely adore it. So um, I would love to see it come back. And honestly, I feel like it would be fine. I'm, I I know that like mon- mono black aggro is really good, and it would go. I think it would probably go back to being really good, but the format has gotten more powerful. Like mono black aggro still struggles with Uro. It struggles with you know with some of these powerful cards. You know the the decks that are building to Yorian. Um, you know the the red decks have gotten more powerful. Uh, I'm. I'm interested to see how Smuggler's Copter would work in a more developed metagame. Because Mono Black Aggro was really good in a fairly undeveloped metagame, right? Back in November, the format was a month old. And it was really good because it was and it was really consistent. But it was never like incredibly powerful. It was generating some card advantage of Smuggler's Copter and its creatures making land drops. You know, it was generating resource advantages, but it wasn't generating them on the level that Uro does. It wasn't really, you know, it wasn't generating absurd mana advantages the way that the Devotion decks are. And there are ways to handle it. So I think this one could definitely be unbanned. I'm not, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit and say I'm not expecting an unban. But I really want Smuggler's Copter back in my life, Tannen. I'm like down the middle. There's part of me like, yeah, yeah, we can get this card back. It's fine. Um, I want to see... I, I think it's possible after we let the the dust settle from what's going to happen Monday that we can yeah, discuss it more. Th- that's that's a thing I an argument I'm really amenable to is we we have the, we had this meta game that I think was pretty good leading up to Theros Beyond Death. You know, people were playing chonky red. You know, that's a sign of a healthy meta game when people can play decks. When like Glorybringer that. is like yeah. a format defining card. Yeah. And we can debate the merits of Chonky Red. I know that deck took a lot of flack once the pros started looking at the format. They all basically just said there's absolutely no way this is really the best deck. And then they all found decks that used the new cards. So, you know, you know, we we have no idea what would have happened if they had to play the format pre Theros Beyond Death. So, you know, but that format was good. I enjoyed playing it. Uh, I think a lot of other people did and the format was popular and fun. And we've had this, you know, format that was now been taken over by these Theros Beyond Death cards and then briefly by Companions. And once we get rid of all of those, I think we got 
you know, it makes sense to let some of the new, the other new cards shake out. You know, how good is Shark Typhoon? How good is Eliminate? How good is all these other cards? Um, you know, that we have. How good can these cards be? And then, then let's look at where the metagame is and see if it's safe to unban some stuff. So, you know, let's not change too many things all at once, right? I like that. I think they should be, you know, more precise in the variables that they adjust manually. Uh, and then take some time, take a step back, see what happens, and adjust from there. And maybe do things a little bit more often than they do, but make smaller changes at a more frequent pace. Um, so that's why I'm not really chomping at the bit to see on bands, except for my bias for Smuggler's Copter. Uh, I, I agree with that a lot. And uh, um, How about if we just let you play with Smuggler's Copter? <laughs> yeah, just, just me. You, you, get to, you, get to have a, you get to have a companion. Well, I, the I wrote the article about what, how to fix Pioneer, and then three or four hours later, they made the, after it was posted on SCG, they made the announcement of this impending ban. So apparently I have some coincidence pull at Watsi that I didn't realize. Yeah, coincidence? I think not. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the evidence is of the contrary. So, so. I, I don't know. Maybe they will just be like Ross Miriam specifically. DCI number, you know. Although <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, now. Ross. Yeah. Two they, zero, they, they, they got rid of those. Two seven nine five six. He can play. He can play with Smuggler's Copter. The rest of you heathens, go fuck yourself. But uh, I'm. Uh, the thing to me is, I, I'm looking back on that opening period of Pioneer, where you know bands were happening every week. It seemed like, or at least announcements were happening every week, and the format was constantly in flux, and people were still exploring different ideas. The decks were getting tuned. And, you know, it was super fun, but it was really fast-paced, and it was uh, kind of mind-boggling. And then things settled down, and I, I think that ended with a both better and smaller ban list than their approach to Modern, which was just take every card that they thought might be bad and start with it banned and miss 10 of them and play this horribly miserable tournament <laughs> that was completely broken. And then, you know, start fixing things from there. And then they, you know, they've basically spent the last decade, you know, correcting their mistakes. And I don't know, maybe, you know, Stoneforge Mystic would have been too good in 2012, but it's not too good in 2020. So it's not really correcting the mistakes. Um, but I would say it's better for them to leave things on the ban list, have them become too good and then ban them, than to have to have them on the ban list and then guess when the format can handle it. Uh, because not only do you have situations there where a card stays on the ban list much longer than it needed to, which I think is probably true of a lot of the cards they've unbanned, but it also leads to the very bad situation where you unban a card too early and you have to reban Golgari Grave Troll. Because why the fuck did you unban Golgari Grave Troll? That one makes no sense. So, uh, you know, th- there's a lot of p- perils to that path if, if that's the one you choose. That said, the peril to the path that they did choose is likely, you know, they ban a card too early because it dominates a format that is too new. And especially with Pioneer, where we were having tournaments that people cared about pretty quickly and when the format was undeveloped. And in situations like that, people, a lot of people aren't going to try to brew themselves because they know it's going to be an untuned, bad list. They're going to look to what did well in recent tournaments. And the format is you know, not going to look as diverse as it otherwise could be. And it's going to take time for decks to emerge that can prey on the decks that are found early. And Mono Black Aggro, I think, is a relatively easy deck to find. Um, I think it's a cool deck, really neat deck, especially with Copter, where you have those synergies. Um, and, um, you know, super fun. Obviously, I love the deck. Um, but it's a relatively easy deck to find. And it took over in a format that, you know, just was undeveloped. 
And so maybe, you know, things like, you know, Oath of Nyssa could be in the, in this camp too, and Smuggler's Copter were just, you know, banned a little prematurely. So that's why they're the two that I'm kind of amenable to. Uh, but I'm I'm leaning on your side here where I think we don't want to act too quickly, especially with, you know, presumably some significant changes coming in terms of bans. I want to see what that new metagame looks like without the presence of Inverter before I say, okay, this this is a metagame where we want some more mono black aggro in our lives. Awesome. All right, let's talk about what we think our overall, well, what we know our overall wants are, but what we think is actually going to happen on Monday, what our actual expectations are. Exact announcement, Tannen, on Monday for Pioneer. What do you want to see happen? What do I want or what do I think is going to happen? Well, let's start with want. What do you want? I want the combo decks to not be there. I'm saying literally, what do you want the text of the announcement to read? Okay. Ban Inverter of Truth, ban Walking Ballista, ban Lotus Field. I want to see just ban Inverter of Truth. That's my other answer. Yeah. It's, it's one of those second two. Answer. Yeah, you're taking a, a much harsher line. I, I'm... I either want, I either want, let's take out the best deck and see what happens, or here's a new format. You know what I mean? Have yeah. fun. The thing okay. is, is like, I think what's going to happen is something less of that. I think what we're going to get is... Oh, sorry. I also want to see Unbanned Smuggler's Copter. Yeah, also nice. Unbanned Smuggler's Copter. Yeah. But I, I think what we're going to see is... Dig Through Time is banned. Possibly they might still ban Inverter. And then they might ban one other card. I think we're getting somewhere between one and three cards banned. Um, I think we're getting zero cards unbanned. And the format will continue to be mostly irrelevant because they won't give us tournaments for it. Which they need to change drastically. And that's one of the reasons I think you're going to see less cards banned. Is the fact that this format's not getting played right now. And that is one of the problems of it, obviously. But... Until they give us back, like, super PTQs and stuff like that, you know, those tournaments were great. You know, like, really high variance metagame with, like, a bunch of really good players playing the, you know, the format with the best decks. We don't have that stuff anymore, so. My my expectation is... Uh, I'm really close between Dig and Inverter as far as what I expect. Like, really kind of 50-50. I want to say I'm leaning, like... 51 or 52 towards dig is what i expect they're gonna ban dig through time and i'm gonna i think i'm also i'm pretty close between field and breach i expect one of those to be banned and i kind of think they're gonna go with field just because breach is in a standard playable set yeah but i think they're gonna be i'm that's a really close so my expectation is just one of you know the two cards are getting banned it's one from each of those pairs and it could go either way but if I put a you know gun to my head and maybe choose, I'm gonna go with dig and field. If they're going to ban something from both, I think what you're gonna see is you're going to see inverter of truth and underworld breach because it doesn't make sense to me to only ban dig through time and then another card from the underworld breach deck. Well, dig isn't really doesn't really see play in the breach deck anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see them doing dig through time plus a breach card. I don't know why. Just for some reason, like my gut reaction is I don't see them doing that and that. I don't. I. I can't really put into words why. I just. I just don't see it. I think they're gonna probably mess it up. We'll see. Hopefully they get it right. It's like when I think about. Um. Someone was asking me about this. I was like joking in someone's chat or something the other day. They're like, "What do you think the ban is gonna be?" And they asked me, "What do I think is gonna happen in modern?" And I think I was like, "I think." Here's the thing. Uh. When they, when we talk about the other other formats, I think they're finally gonna ban Astrolabe, and I'm gonna be happy, right? I think they should take every copy of that card, strap it to a jet right next to the fucking ET games in the desert. Yeah, no, no, no. Me, I want them. I made this joke in in Todd's chat. I was like, they need to get every copy of the card Astrolabe, put them in a box, 
strap that box to a rocket, right? Then go get another box and find every car, copy of the card since they defining top and put it on the other side of the rocket so it's equally balanced and will, you know, fly correctly. And then jettison it straight into the fucking sun. All right, just get rid of all of them, right? I'm happy that car's gonna go. So this is what I think is gonna happen in modern. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my predictions. They're gonna, they're gonna do something great. They're gonna like ban that in Uro or something like that, right? And they're gonna make the format awesome because that's all that format is right now is Astrolabe, Uro, nonsense, you know, like whatever. I, I think they're gonna ban Astrolabe, Mystic Sanctuary. Mystic Sanctuary, you know, along those lines, right? They're gonna, they're gonna do that. It's gonna be great for the format. But then there's gonna be this little line underneath it because they're gonna give into peer pressure and unban Splinter Twin and just completely fuck everything up. Yeah, exactly. It'd be it'd be so bad. The card they should unban is Umzao's Gita. Yeah, they should. I, yeah, I, you know how many messages I got about that. You know, we talked about it on the episode, and people were like, "Yeah, I think you, I think they could unban Umzao's Gita." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah the, like, it. yeah, it just makes it just makes sense. It's Why wouldn't not they? the card? It's not 2005 anymore, people. Yeah, you know. Also, get out my of the favorite biscuit movie theater and come <laughs> into the modern day. Now, I know there's people that listen to this and. Because I know you agree with me, but I'm a little more like belligerent in my hate for Astrolabe, right? Like I I despise the card and everything that it represents, mm-hmm. right? I, I hate it too. I don't know if I'm. I really hate Mystic Sanctuary though. Right. I also hate, really hate Mystic Sanctuary, but I didn't play against it as much as I played against Astrolabe, right? So, and I think there's people that listen to the show that kind of like you know they think it's like a joke or they kind of you know they they come to love it or hate it or whatever blah blah. blah. And there's people that like I remember I, I put it up on Twitter once and it got. It was real popular, a lot of responses, you know, good ratio, as they say, where I got a lot of comments about, like, can we just ban Astrolabe already? And some of the responses to it are like, well, just interact with the Astrolabe, like, just destroy it or counterspell or something. I'm like, I don't think you understand how magic works if you think that's yeah. the way you beat that card. It's a fucking one-mana canter, people. Yeah, like, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I played in the Legacy Grand Prix last year in Atlanta, and I did win a game by force of willing an Astrolabe or whatever. What they don't understand is when they say, oh, just interact with the Astrolabe, what they mean is play the card Chalice of the Void. On one, like yeah. a Chalice deck. Because that's the only profitable way to interact with the Astrolabe. Yeah, but Chalice I mean, like, the Void. even, like, using a card like uh, Ancient Grudge on that, it, you're still not actually coming out ahead. Yeah. Like, it's not you're, good. You're down like, a mana and a card. Yeah, and time and effort, and you have this card in your deck. Like, yeah. like let's be real. You also have the card Ancient Grudge in your deck. Like, yeah. In a post-Mox Opal world. Yeah, and, like, I understand, like, you know, where you're coming from when people say stuff like that. I understand, but, like, I'm asking you to think beyond that. And, like, the way the card affects decks, deck building, and the format as a whole, right? Like, you've heard me make this argument. When you're looking at legacy decks that are playing four and or five colors in them, but do not lose to the card Blood Moon or Back to Basics. In fact, they are casting the card themselves. That's messed up. That's not okay. Yeah. Right. It's a very clear sign that something is awry. That yeah. is not magic as Richard Garfield intended. Yeah. That's not okay. <laughs> That's not all right. And I'm just not a fan of that. And look, it's, you know, someone made a joke about that. Like, it's not, a, it, you know, just because you don't like a card doesn't mean there's a reason to ban it. Yeah. You know, I can, I can make the argument otherwise to the contrary, but I do think the card is unhealthy. Right. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 it's not exactly the same as Sensei's Divining Top, though I do lump them together. I think Sensei's Divining Top was bannable other than power creep, other than the fact that the card was good. I think the, the effect it had on a game of t- time and effort that you had to put in and, like, priority was a huge problem. Like, a oh, yeah. huge problem. I remember back when that card existed, uh, Matthew Costa, who played a lot of Miracles for a time in Legacy, would literally call over a judge to every single one of his matches after game one and ask them to watch for slow play, which is obviously like 
you know, judges can't even do like they wouldn't ever be able to do that. But he would always ask to see if he could. And it, it was literally he did it 100 percent of the time because he knew that's how much pressure, you know, Miracles is under to finish matches. Things got better with Monastery Mentor. This is pre-Monastery Mentor days. But, you know, you know, that's how serious it was. Yeah. And like I always use this example. So you've probably heard it if you've watched or listened to every episode of the show. Um, one of the only unintentional draws I've ever gotten in my life in Legacy was was against Miracles in a team tournament. And, you know, when you play through the extra five turns of turn, uh, uh, extra five turns of time, your round probably takes about 60 minutes, right? 55, 60 minutes with the, with the added turns. I'd say 55, but sure. Let's say 55. How many minutes of, the, of that, of that round do you think I had priority? You've seen me play my deck. How many, how many, how many minutes do you think I actually have priority in that round? Oh, 20. I think that's very generous. I think I think if you answered half of that or two thirds, I think I think you're more towards the truth. Okay. And here's the thing, you know, after the round was over, my opponent like he was he was a nice guy. Like we we chatted, we you know whatever. I, I like the guy. He apologized, and I was like, it's not your fault, because I actually think he played at a reasonable pace for most of the match. But the fact that that card enables that kind of gameplay and and promotes it is awful for the game of magic. And that's why I lump it in with Astrolabe. It's not the exact same thing, but it's similar. Yeah, yeah. It has a similar effect, but along a different axis. It has a similar effect in just enraging me as well, <laughs> just making okay. me irrationally well, it's, mad. Sensei's Divining Top, it just skews the time that of a match uh, way too much. And with, with Arkham's Astrolabe, it actually skews the mana in decks way too much, and it makes mana too easy. Yeah, it just makes things too easy. You know, like, There's another reason I want to... say that fetch lands and dual lands or fetch lands and shock lands, depending upon which format you know, make your colors too easy to get. Uh, and they do make colors easy to get. You can build really good mana bases in all those formats. But there are ways to punish you. In in uh, Legacy, there's Wasteland and Back to Basics and Blood Moon. In Modern, there's Blood Moon. And then there's killing you because you're taking so much damage. So, you know, th there are punishments. So people tend to not go that ham on Fetch Shocklands. They want to play, like, just enough to get them. And then they've got some other dual lands in there. Because, you know, they, they don't want to get punished. So they don't make their, their mana bases as good as they could be in terms of hitting their colors because they're worried about the downside of them. So there's an interesting trade-off to be made there. With Arkham's Astrolabe, the trade-off is too far in one direction. It makes it way too easy. You get to play, like, two shock lands in your deck, ten fetch lands, six basics, never get punished by any of this shit, and always cast your fucking spells, even though your Crypto Command deck plays four copies of Field of Ruin. Like, one of the other reasons I kind of want it banned... Is the fact that yeah. whenever I play against it, they always have Astrolabe on one, and they cast all their spells in curve. Whenever I play with it, I cast Astrolabe on turn seven, draw my eighth land, and die. Right? You know, <laughs> just say, yeah. I feel like I never have the goddamn card when I need it. Right? And I, you know, I've played with the decks, right? And it's stupid. Like it's it's actually just stupid. Like it was asinine with the Orion in the old companion rule. That was just fucking asinine. Yeah. You, were, I just felt like, well, I can't ever, you know, grind this deck out ever. Yeah. So I've got to just try to kill them. And then that's hard to do yeah, all their, because their deck is all disruption. It's all disruption and they always have a full grip because all their cards replace themselves. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, come on. But it got banned out of Popper. I mean, come on. They banned it from Popper. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they uh, they pushed some cards in that Modern Horizons set. Yeah. And it's uh, the day of reckoning is coming for Arkham's Astrolabe. And I, for one, am excited. Yeah, I might have to have a fun little video with it, like a video of me like eating one or burning one or doing something. I don't even own a copy. I have at least four. 
I have at least four because I play Legacy or whatever. So you know, I am staunch. I, that's how anti-Astralib I am. I've stubbornly refused to play. Oh, I'm anti-Astralib, but look, look, you've you've never seen a hypocrite before in your life. I'll play the goddamn card because it's really good. Like, don't get me wrong. I played Hogak in a tournament and hated every minute of winning that damn tournament very easily. You know. Can you tell me how many one-landers I kept, never drew a second land, and had 10 power in play on, like, turn three, and was, like, attacking my opponent for eight, or whatever. I'm like, this, yeah, this is really fair and balanced, you know, or... Everything is fine, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, exactly, so... Um, do we have any mailbag questions this week? I know we had a, a few last week. We actually did not, unless we got one during the Let's show. Y'all are slacking. We didn't. Let's check that. Y'all are slacking. See, but we're going to get plenty next week because we're going to have the ban announcement in and everyone's going to be like, what should I play? And what do you think? Do you think that was a good decision? And why is Ross so handsome and so smart? And I think it's going to be great. And God, I, I love you. But it's, it's pretty <laughs> great that this, like, it, it, overall for how much hate I give the announcement and how they do it, it does give us multiple weeks of content because now next week we get to just talk about the debate. It's like, you know what? We may just record Monday. Actually, it's Wednesday where we're recording now, but we may just try to record immediately on our immediate reactions, these kind of things, and try to get the episode out as quickly as possible for everybody so you can be prepared and, and get your news. I'm down. Yeah, let's, let's make it happen. We'll get some drinks Monday night. We'll have a little fun, you know, uh, have a little fun with it. Well, let's just do it Monday afternoon. Speaking of next week's episode, um, we're going to have a, a nice little thing and fun thing to talk about, everybody. Uh, I can't tell you what it is yet, but we got a new sponsor. What do you mean new? We got a sponsor. Okay. We got a sponsor. This is the first one. Yeah, we got a sponsor, and um, I actually can't wait to talk does, about it. Does this mean we're esports now? Yeah, we're esports now. I can't wait we to talk sponsor? about it because um, Ross and I have received products from the sponsor, obviously, to try them out. Because I'm going to be just completely honest and with everybody here at home, there is a number that if you gave me that number in dollars, I would endorse your product no matter what, unless it, like, you know, is uh, there's a line. You know, it's like, this kills people. Obviously, I'm not going to endorse this product. Provided your product is ethically made. Yes. Yeah. But if I didn't like it or I didn't use it myself, I'd still endorse it. You know what I mean? But then there's products that I actually use myself. Like like this one that we're, we're talking about, like this company that we're talking about. I've been trying it out. It's awesome. Well, I've got more than one different thing, but I've been loving every one so far. Um, I actually used one yesterday again, and I'm just like, Dude, I'm, I don't know how I'm ever going back to not using it. Like, I'm just spoiled for the rest of my life now. I assume we're just not. I assume they're just going to keep yeah. keep the gravy train coming. I, 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 That's how being sponsored works. Right? I, yeah, so I'll say, if the owner is listening, because he's, he's an app listener to the show, A, I love your products. B, you've got a, you've got a, uh, a customer for life. C, I don't want to pay anything. No, I'm joking. I actually want to pay you for something in the future. But um, I'm super excited about that. I still need to talk to V8 a little bit. I mean, they've, they've been slacking. The check is not in the mail, V8. I have not been responded to. You've been responded. I, I have been very nice and cordial with some of my tweets and, and statements about you. I've also memed at you multiple times on Twitter because that's what we're supposed to do. I used uh, an Eminem song and changed the lyrics at them, and that didn't get their attention. They still ain't calling. Keep trying. Just wear them down. Tim. Oh, yeah. Just wear them down. Uh, other people in the, uh, the Discord and uh, other people listening have been joining the crusade, which I think is awesome. I think eventually we can we can overcome and wear them down and, and make it and make it work. Um, I I get I get messages weekly about the product like hey uh, I mean I say about the, about the product about the V8 drinks and like I've been turned on to them they're so good I love this flavor have you tried that flavor There's the new flavor that we've mentioned recently that I want to try out So speaking of that by the way um, I tried out one of the new products and it's uh, I don't want to give away too much I want to I want to bury the lead a little bit here but it's flavor. I guess is the way to put it, though it's not really a flavor. And I was kind of skeptical. 
then I was pleasantly surprised, Ross. Okay, what flavor was it? Well, it's from the new product. I can't... It's from the thing for next oh. year. I can't... That's what I'm saying, flavor with quotations. Yeah, flavor is not the right word. But I don't want to give away what it is, right? Okay. Well, what's, a, what's a good word to use here for this? I mean, we use like kind of half give away what it is by using the word, but I'm telling you, we're not endorsing an edible product. Okay. Let's just... Yeah, it's, let's yeah, it's not the taste. It's like the scent, I think, is a good way to put it. I, I, I was... I was skeptical, but optimistic, and I was I was uh, very surprised in a good way. Like, not that I, I didn't expect to be, but I was like, yeah, this, I, I get it. Like, you know, it's, it's great. So I'm super excited about that next week. Uh, we did mention our Discord uh, during the show, and I think it's very important that everybody knows that we have that Discord going on, very active community in there. So if you wanted to be a part of that, I highly recommend it. There's a lot of really cool channels in there going on, uh, lots of talk. The... Uh, some of my favorite channels, the Pets and Food channel, have been going off the last few months because we're all stuck at home. So everybody's trying to one up each other with their food. I got to say this: not only everybody making really good food and good and and looks like it's amazingly tasting, the plating that people have been going through. I saw your eyes get big. You know, the people just like, you know, some people are like, ah, you know, I, I don't care about plating. That's fine. I'm, I'm all for a messy dish that tastes good, right? But every now and then, you just look at someone's plating and you're like, dude, you spin a solid like four or five minutes taking this picture, right? You know, like getting the lighting right, coming from a different angle, you know, making sure everything was set up. So that's pretty good. And the pet section, God, I just, I, I know the meme, it's like, I never don't want to see pictures of your dog, right? I never don't want to see pictures of your pets. It makes my day better. I love it. Keep it up. If you want to be uh, involved on that Discord, go to our Twitter. We have a Twitter. It's at Cast Pioneer. You can find the link in there. If not, just message me or Ross. Mostly Ross. Message Ross. He loves taking care of the, the small stuff. You can also message Shaheen And Shaheen Sharani. There you go. Uh, make sure you message him. At him on Twitter. He'll know what's up. Um, yeah, he'll know exactly what to do. Speaking of which, uh, this, this made me think about this. I got us a new Patreon last week. Did I tell you about this with nothing to do with magic? You did not. So, um, I don't know if you watched Ty Anderson's streams lately, but he's been streaming a little bit of magic, but some of Warzone, you know, a game that I play quite a bit. I talk about that I've been filling yep. my time with. Um, I was playing with them on a stream the other day, and someone said, um, if you and Todd reach a certain number of, like, kills or win or whatever, you know, like, giving us a, a pretty high bar, they're like, I will sub to Todd's channel, and I will become a Patreon of the Pioneer Podcast. It took a few tries, but Todd and I got there. So that was uh, pretty fun. So I think... They gave you multiple tries? So, How generous. Uh, Less than 10. We got... Uh, one time we were, like, way on pace ahead of it, and then we got a little lucky in one spot. And, uh, yeah, kind of shot the bed a little bit there. But then we kind of pushed real hard on a few games and got it. You, you have to change your play style up a tiny bit. Like, it's, it became less about... It was a, a kill total. So it became less about winning and just more about, like, just be aggressive as possible in all spots, you know? Sure. It's like trying to get a new high score type thing. So that was a lot of fun. Um, if you wanted to join that Patreon, that's patreon.com slash pioneercast that we kind of mentioned today. Um, we talked about uh, answering questions on the show. I think we kind of answered too many questions. We did the Patreon-only specific episode uh, two weeks ago. We had a lot of the questions out there. But if you ever want to ask a question to the show, I'm sure we're going to get a lot next week, like you said. All you have to do is become a patron of the show. It's just, it's as cheap as $2 a month, y'all. And it helps pay the bills. It helps keep the show going. We get to pay Brent. Um, you know what? He's very selfless. He finally took a cut for the first time in a while. The other day, it actually surprised me. It's like I saw the notification. I was like, Brent, did you finally pay yourself again? And he's like, yeah. I was like, good. You know, you should be doing this. But... 
I get it. I wouldn't want the little chunk every now and then. I want the big chunk every now and then. You know what I mean? So waiting up on that. But we got to make sure Brent can keep his lights on. Uh, he's the one that brings you the show every week. Make sure that I sound great, Ross sounds great, and better than we deserve. So Brent, thank you very much. Um, but that's at patreon.com slash pioneercast. Lots of other cool things in there for the patrons. We're going to be sending some stuff out to y'all re- uh, soon. And with that new product, I'm going to be doing a giveaway next week as well. So I'm excited about that. Originally, I was just going to give it to Ross, but then I was like, nah. I'm going to do a giveaway. I got I got some sent to me. Don't All worry. Right, cool, cool. I wasn't going to send it to you no matter what. But um, I'm going to be doing a giveaway with it on the uh, in some way. I'm not exactly 100% sure we're going to do it, but I will say this. Patrons are definitely going to have a, uh, a better chance of winning the non-patrons so we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out as well so make sure that y'all check all that stuff out follow us on twitter follow us on discord become a patron do all those things ross if someone wanted to hear more of your musings see your beard more often or listen to your sweet sweet voice where would they go step one my twitter account that is at ross hunteds h-u-n-n-e-d-s that's the best place to find all-purpose updates about my life and magic content good place to ask me questions if you've got them i try to get back to people as much as possible second my written content on starcitygames.com it goes up on tuesdays usually 11 a.m eastern this week's article is as i've mentioned multiple times on the cast about the problems that pioneer is facing and my proposed fixes to those problems uh, so if you, like me, are concerned about the current state of Pioneer and are looking forward to this Monday band announcement, go check that article out. Uh, and I appreciate support there. Then there's my video content for StarCityGames.com. That is via Versus Live, a show that I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister. That's from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, we play whatever formats we think are relevant at the time. Sometimes we have a little bit of fun because Thursday's show... Have you heard this, Tannen? We are playing no ban list standard. Oh, I was super into this. I can't wait to see what your Simic deck looks like. Holy shit. We've got some. We've got some decks. Um, I, I don't know if we've built the best decks. Well, I'm sure we haven't because, you know, that's so difficult. Uh, but we've got some decks. It should be a really fun show. You know, this is going to be a weird week for Magic. Standard is like, you know, kind of figured out, but still somewhat relevant. Uh, but there's not uh, you know, a ton of new ground there. And all the other formats, we're going to be waiting on Monday. So we're going to have a fun show this Thursday. But next week, I'm sure we're going to play a lot of you know post-band stuff, what we think is going to be good, new archetypes that we think are unlocked, um, and updates to old archetypes. So next week should be a great week on the show. Uh, and you know we have fun with the audience. You get to ask questions live on the show if you're watching from home. If you cannot catch it live... Uh, they do go up on the Star City Games YouTube channel a few days later, so you can check out pa- all past episodes of Versus Live and uh, future ones there. And then last but not least is my own personal stream. That is twitch.tv slash Ross underscore Miriam. Uh, I've been streaming more on weekends recently. and just been a little busy during the week. Uh, I plan on streaming a bit of ladder grinding on Friday and also prep work for Saturday's uh online championship qualifier for the scg tour online and then i will be streaming that tournament as well saturday starting at 10 a.m eastern so playing a bit of standard this week a little bit of arena i'm currently i've been doing some some off stream grinding when i get done with all my work like at night and i think i am up to uh oh like diamond two so i'm knocking on the door of mythic i basically don't lose on the ladder 
I don't know what's going on because I only 4-4 last week with this Rakdos Sacrifice deck, but my record on the ladder is like 23-4. and four. Like something absurd. I've just breezed through every single section. I've taken multiple of my losses right after I've passed into the next level too, so I don't even drop back down. I think I've only lost to standing once in this entire climb. It's been kind of ridiculous. I assume things will get a little tough right as I push into Mythic and then obviously much tougher once I get into Mythic, but... I'm still liking this Rakdos deck. I might switch over to the Mono Green Machine that Cory Baumeister's been playing. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But still kind of on this Rakdos deck. I was 4-1. I had a good start, and then the wheels came off. But, um, you know, if I don't skip through that turn on camera like I did, we won't talk about that, though. Maybe things are a little bit different. It's just another program for you to get really salty and mad at, right? Oh, man. You have no idea how often the fucking... Um, auto tapper just refuses to tap mountains oh yeah like i go to return of gutter bones and it's like oh did you want a mountain untapped for that claim the firstborn i'm like it's my second main phase you piece of shit <laughs> because it, it it never it doesn't see the gutter bones in your hand because it's not in your hand yet so it always auto taps and leave, if you have a claim the firstborn in your hand it's just like no nah, your mountains on your mountains on tap yeah once a week i want to throw my computer across the damn room because of the auto tapper so i i, I feel your pain i feel your pain I'm, I'm starting to pick up on its patterns I can I can sense when it's going to happen. I'm like, okay, we got to check. Are they going to tap me right? No. Okay. All right, you piece of shit. Control. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. oh, piece of shit. As for me, my Twitter is the Tan and Grace. Give it a follow. Really appreciate it. My Twitch is just Tan and Grace, and uh, uh, I probably didn't stream as much as I should have the last week. I've been a little bored uh, at home alone, and for some reason, just like couldn't find the motivation to turn on the stream. I've been playing too much Warzone. I think is the problem. Because yeah, I'll sit there and I'll play it. I'm like, I'll play a few games. And then four hours, it's like four hours later. You know, I'm still playing <laughs> or whatever. And I'm just like, don't realize, you know. You just see like six empty cans of V8 energy drink. <laughs> Your eyes are kind of sagging a little bit. Oh, yeah. They're not bloodshot like with the other stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah. beard slightly longer. <laughs> I actually like shaved yesterday. So thank God it was getting a little scraggly. So um, it, it's, it's different. My hair is starting to get to me. Long. Yeah, yeah. I actually finally went and got a haircut the other day. I was not very. I'm. I love the haircut. I was kind of mad at myself for doing it, like for going somewhere. I'm trying to wait it out, but I know I'm not going to feel comfortable getting a haircut for a very long time from now, based on what's happening. So I think I'm going to have to cut it myself, which I haven't done in many years. Yeah, I. I don't think I could ever do it. Um, honestly, it's just mine gets at this point where like the the middle, you know, where it's not exactly really long, but it's not short anymore. And it just, I can't take it. Also, I have... Are you talking about the front of your the, hairline? The front right and the back, because it starts to mullet. Are you are you Widow's Peaks at all? Uh, yeah, not as bad as I used to be, but it does... I am really badly Widow's Peaks. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, not as bad as you, but I think it's more, it looks worse because I'm, I'm starting to lose it more on the sides, so it makes it look like a Widow's Peak. Also, I kind of have a mullet in the way that my hair grows, because it grows out. You know what I mean? I kind of have like an afro. So in the back, it starts to like curl around. And it just gets real weird and itchy. I don't know. It's hard. I just it either needs to be long or short, like no in between. So I'm just I can't if, take that. If anymore. and when I cut my own hair, it's gonna it's gonna look like I just have a fucking. It's just too damn it's hot, man. It's just too damn hot to go outside with long hair right now in Louisiana. I mean, I've been doing it. Uh, you're you're a little hotter than we are here. It's been in mid 80s. It's gonna be. It's been, we've hit 90s this past week. We're gonna hit it again later this week. Uh, today wasn't as bad. It wasn't super humid, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. So we could if we I would take 85 90 degrees if it wasn't so humid here you just dude just go live on the west coast you did I was say live in the west coast and tell me you want any any weather other than that well I, I like winter well, you're actually just wrong but it's okay <laughs> nobody's perfect Ross I, 
and I like winter. I mean, fall, fall is the best. And they don't have a, a ton of fall there either. It just kind of stays warm. And then it gets a little fally in, in the winter. But I just want it to not be so humid. That's all. I, like, literally, I would, lo- I would love Roanoke's weather if you just cut the humidity by, you know, a third. Gotcha, gotcha. I can understand that. Um, I, I've been there during the summer. I've been there during the winter. I, I like it more every time I go, so maybe I should stop visiting Roanoke. I'm not sure, but we'll figure it out. More on that next week. Why would you stop? Huh? If you like it more every time you go, why would you stop? Because I, I don't want to live in Roanoke. I don't want to. I don't want to want to be in Roanoke. Also, I think I think part of its endearment and ch- charm. We'd have so much more room for activities. Yeah, I think part of its endearment and charm is the fact that I'm not there all the time. So it's like got that new and different kind of thing. If it That's was just true. The, that is often how I feel about big cities. I'm like, this is great. And then three days later, I'm like, I'm glad I'm leaving. Well, it's, you know, I live in a big city technically, but I'm on the, I'm in the suburbs outside of it, so I get both. It's great. Yes. ¿Por qué no los dos? But, that, but the, yeah, that's the point, is that it, I'm not talking about living in no burbs. The, the burbs is great, man. I actually kind of like it, but anyway, HOAs suck. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening. And uh, I can't wait to have a discussion about all these bands that are going to happen. It's going to be very interesting. So make sure you tune in to hear our opinions and tell us why we were wrong. All right, we'll see you all next week.